listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message on this last Sunday of the church year is the Old Testament reading uh, for today from Malachi chapter 3. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. Your words against me are harsh, says the Lord. You ask, how have we spoken against you? You say, serving God is pointless. What have we gained by carefully keeping his requirements and by walking around like mourners before the Lord of armies? Now we will call the arrogant blessed. Even evildoers are built up. They even test God and get away with it. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who went all the way to the cross so that we might have eternal life, my beloved. Did you ever hear anybody say, uh, I'm never going to join a church because there's just too many hypocrites there? You recognize how really wrong that statement is? Nobody but God can know who a real hypocrite is because a hypocrite is a person who is pre pretending to be something on the outside that they are not on the inside and human beings can't read, read the hearts of other people. Only God can know who real hypocrites are. Now, it is true that there may be some Christians who are not living as exemplary lives uh, as they should, but still, you can't read their hearts, only God can. Because Jesus is God, he could read hearts. Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed graves that look beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead people's bones and every kind of impurity. So on the outside, you look as though you have God's approval, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Now, the book of Malachi, before us this morning, and there are only four chapters in that last book of the Old Testament, uh, talks about hypocrites, real hypocrites. God, we know they're hypocrites because God tells us that they are. People who were going through the motion for worship but who really didn't care very much about God at all. Now, Malachi gives us seven examples of their hypocrisy this morning. Go right on down the line. And it's not in, in front of us this morning, but it's in the early chapters of Malachi. First of all, the people were bringing junk sacrifices to God. Perhaps you remember uh, from Holy Scripture that uh, God, when he wanted his people to bring a sacrifice, they always had to be perfect. Whether it was a bull or a lamb or a sheep, it had to be unblemished, it couldn't be sick, uh, no broken bones, perfect. God told his people, you're despising and contaminating my altar. They were bringing blind animals, lame and sick, God was saying, isn't that wrong? 
You know, if you were to have some famous figure of state, the governor or whatever, uh, and entertain that person, you'd bring him his best. But you give junk to me. Another thing, the people thought that their worship and their sacrifice was a big nuisance, something to sort of sniff at in disgrace. Sort of like a person perhaps today who throws a little offering in the offering plate every so often uh, just so that they don't get their name taken off the congregational roster. Or they think that uh, Sunday worship is sort of an imposition that takes you away from really, really important things of life. And the hypocrites cheated God because they really did have good animals in their flocks. And they pledged to give them to God, but when the time came, they sacrificed second-rate animals. We, you and I, are supposed to be living sacrifices for our God. And I think Malachi comes before us this morning and sort of pricks our consciences and says, how have we been dealing with our Lord, first-rate, second-rate, or something even less in our prayer life, our devotional life, our offering life. And the priests, they were guilty too because they were actually accepting these second-rate animals. They should have rejected them, but they too were not teaching right from wrong. And then divorce was rampant. God says in, in Malachi, I hate divorce. It was the result of one or other or both spouses being unfaithful to each other. And uh, sixth, they were cheating God because God required them in the Old Testament, you know, to give one-tenth of their, offer, of their uh, income to the Lord. But they were just giving their leftovers. And so God said, return to me, repent. Return to me and I will return to you. But the worst act of the hypocrites is that they were critical of God himself. God said, you have harsh words against me. They said, what, what kind of words? You're calling me unfair. Why worship a God who is unfair? It's pointless to serve him. I mean, look around the world. See all the bad people out there who don't believe in you. They're rewarded. It seems like uh, they're good, their uh, evil is never punished. It seems like their evil is rewarded. Why should we follow your commands? Why should we repent? Why should we bring decent sacrifices? Doesn't seem to do any good. In fact, God will even go so far as to say that uh, the unbelieving, arrogant people of the world, you actually bless. Evildoers are encouraged because they get away with it. Do you ever have uh, thoughts in your mind every so often? Why is God allowing that to happen? Seems like he's being so unfair. Wicked aren't living right. Yet God doesn't seem to punish them. And they get away with it. 
maybe we should ask this morning, what is being fair? Fair is when you reward good and when you punish bad or evil. Seems like things aren't always fair. I mean, Abel dies and Cain lives. Joseph is so honorable and he gets thrown into prison. God sends his prophets to her people. His people, they are stoned and crucified. Jesus is arrested, beaten, blasphemed, crucified, even though Pilate declared him no fault. I mean, it seems like things just aren't fair, are they? They've taken creationism out of the science textbooks of public schools. Just not fair, is it? Long time ago, they took Christian prayer out of public schools, trying to take one nation under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. And of course, now it's the holiday season, and we're going to have the holiday tree. And Christians are called stupid when they stand up for the sanctity of human life. They're called stupid when they stand up for the sanctity of biblical marriage. My goodness, even in one church body that was supposed to be Christian, a man was shouted down in the convention for saying that the church should reaffirm that there is no way to heaven except through Jesus Christ. And he was shouted down. Things just aren't fair. The unbelieving world euphemizes evil and gets away with it. Why does God allow them to prosper? Malachi wants to inform us this morning that God is fair. His fairness and his justice is ultimately displayed in two places, the cross and at Jesus' second return on Judgment Day. The cross, there's a differentiation between good and evil. On the cross, God's justice is carried out. Sin is punished. God doesn't spare his own son so that he can spare us. Jesus becomes our substitute so that the Father can forgive sinners who even sometimes doubt his fairness. So that he can spare us on the last day and call us his prized jewel and special possession. Ever have any questions in your mind how it seems as though God's not differentiating for us between good and evil? Do you know that even a faithful worker of God, one of the psalmists, a man by the name of Asaph, wrote the 73rd Psalm, and he said these words, But my feet had almost stumbled, they had almost slipped, because I was envious of arrogant people when I saw the prosperity that wicked people enjoy. They suffer no pain, their bodies are healthy, they have no drudgery in their lives like ordinary people, they are not plagued with problems like others. That is why they wear arrogance like a necklace and acts of violence like clothing. They ridicule, they speak maliciously, they speak arrogantly about oppression, they verbally attack heaven, and they order people around on earth. But when I tried to understand this, it was too difficult for me. 
Only when I came into God's holy place did I finally understand what would happen to them. In the closing verse of that psalm, Without a doubt, those who are far from you will die. You will destroy all who are unfaithful to you. And believe it from Holy Scripture on Judgment Day, good and evil will not be blurred. And my favorite verse, actually, of this whole uh, chapter of Malachi is verse 16. Then those who fear the Lord spoke with each other. The Lord gave them his attention and listened. A book of remembrance was written in front of him for those who fear the Lord and have regard for his name. Believers regularly get together with one another to talk about the fairness of God and how he forgives sins and how all of our names are written in the book of life. And God listens to those conversations and he pays attention. He knows that many times we have doubts about how he's handling things. And so we get together to support and sustain and encourage each other to stay faithful. And for those faithful ones, Malachi says, their names are written in the book of life. Final justice on the final day of earth. Arrogant uh, unbelievers, Malachi said, are going to be like straw, burned up. And you're going to trample on their ashes, Scripture says. But you will not be burned. Instead, you will be warmed by the Son of Righteousness. Verses 17 and 18. They will be mine, that's you, says the Lord of armies, on the day I make them my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a man spares his son who serves him. Then you will again see the distinction between a righteous person and a wicked person, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Taught in closing, the uh, words of St. James is so very appropriate uh, from his fifth chapter. Brothers and sisters, be patient until the Lord comes again. See how farmers wait for their precious crops to grow? They wait patiently for fall and spring rains. You too must be patient. Don't give up hope. The Lord will soon be here. And so on this last Sunday of the church year, we say it once again, come quickly, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit,